0: Once upon a time, the point of school was to educate people to sit still in factories and offices. As you rightly say, robots can do those locally. We can offshore some of the clerical stuff Mm. and dumb it down with AI as well. So it begs the question, if that's what you perceive the point of school to be and 70% of the jobs are going to disappear, and we've also got this jobs haven't been invented yet kind of cliche thing, why would you invest scarce government funds, austerity pennies, educating people for jobs they don't need. So the whole purpose of education needs to be reconsidered so that we then need to say, well, actually we need to educate people to not have work. Mm. We need to educate them to be cultural consumers, to appreciate the arts so that we can educate people to make art and we can educate people to enjoy their art and not just sit and watch box sets all the time, maybe.
1: This is the Ideas Lab podcast, where you can learn from great creative and entrepreneurial minds how to turn your ideas into original businesses, books, and brands. Because in a crowded world, it pays to stand out. This is your host, John Williams, best-selling author and founder of the Ideas Lab London. The Guardian newspaper described Nick Causton as a man on a mission, and his mission is to put art and creativity back into schools as we see more and more pressure on the public education system in the UK and in other countries we are seeing music art and creative subjects getting cut out of the syllabus Nick will explain why that is a terrible decision and I have to say I agree with him as we enter an era when even if your work is skilled it could be outsourced to someone in another country or even to an AI so what we need to be able to do is to think creatively whatever work we are doing Aside from that, Nick makes a compelling case for why art and creativity is a powerful way to connect communities. And if you have a mission of your own to change the world for the better in some way, then I think you'll get a lot of inspiration and ideas from listening to what Nick has done with his organisation, Steamco. So Nick, welcome. Hello, John. Thank you for inviting me to East London. That's all right. You're the founder of Steamco. Tell me what Steamco
0: does. Oh goodness! Um, Steamco is a project that really believes we should put creativity first in our schools, in our work, and in our lives. And obviously, the business world gets that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people get the value of creativity in life and in society. But but it's under pressure. There's a lot of pressure on creativity and creative subjects and the arts in schools. So we essentially we we campaign for we celebrate mm. and we action creativity by helping school communities run little creativity festivals, by running events and gobbing yeah. off on Twitter and social media. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you are, yeah, you're everywhere on that. And you're very good at getting other people involved. Uh, why, wh- what do you think, what is going on with creativity? You think it's, how is it under pressure in education then? I know we promised not to be too negative when we were having chat earlier, but we've got to at least cover this, haven't we? Because you and I are on the same page, I think, that we feel like, you know, everyone's trying to, um, people in the UK, for instance, and probably America too, are trying to up the standards of the reading, writing, arithmetic kind of stuff, get higher grades, but in the process, they're throwing out creativity, which is not a good idea, in my opinion. Which is fun, actually, because I, I love going to sort of,
0: I was going to say, drinks, receptions and cocktail parties, which sounds very fancy. But, <laughs> so go it's usually to, when you're asking for money. I'll be, oh, exactly. I'll, I'll be <laughs> honest, I'd go to the opening of a crisp packet, so I don't read too much into that. But... Um, I do love it when people say, well, I I say to people, have you heard of Ken Robinson? And they'll say, no, I've never heard of Ken Who. And I say, Mm -hmm. okay, right. Have you heard of the TED Talks? And they sort of choke on their uh, wasabi peas when I say that. Of course I've heard of the TED Talks. How dare you imply I haven't heard of the TED Talks? And i say, well, okay, fair enough. And then I go below the belt and I say, right, well, so Ken Robinson's TED Talk is the number one TED Talk, 300 million viewings. Wow. um, In various platforms. And, oh. Okay, and then I have to pick them up off the floor and not totally humiliate if I want to continue the conversation. So I'll then say, of course, nobody goes to the TED Talks to see what's number one that month. They kind of go wherever Google takes them based on the subject or the link. So don't worry, it wasn't a trick question. But basically, the fact that the most watched TED Talk is by a bloke from Liverpool about creativity and how schools can teach it out of our kids. Yeah is interesting for two reasons one because it means that there are people in the world who care about creativity and two there is a story to be told about the fact that schools are doing that or can do that so I I saw that and I'm very aware about being positioned as too much of a Ken Robinson fanboy because I am and I'm not but you know very inspiring talks but for me we've got to walk the bloody talk you know it's all very well watching Ted talks yeah like sort of Flipping streamed view box sets, you know, let's just watch a thousand box sets of 10. What are we gonna do? So I saw that. I read half a book called What's the Point of School, which is yeah. interesting. And you did an event with us where we discussed that one evening, didn't we? Dan in yeah, yeah. Hackney, that film evening. Um and and I went to a festival where where there were a whole bunch of really cool activities going on the field. And I thought, this is amazing. How can I bring this experience, this festival experience? Mm-hmm. And here we are on the eve of our summer, hopefully. Um I think we're up for a record-breaking hot weather Easter weekend. So so really we're mm. how do we bring that creative festival experience into a school? But more to the point, how do we engage the community to help deliver it? Yeah. So so really that's that that's the kind of crux of it. So that there is an issue with creativity mm-hmm. in schools. And this is what I kind of stumble it. I have to say I'm just a dad, so no tricky questions to all these clever academics or clever political types or clever conspiratorial theorist types, because mm. I didn't have a flipping clue what was going on. But I thought, why on earth would anybody mm. want to teach creativity out of kids? Yeah. When I've had 30 years in the advertising, brand, innovation, experience, design industry, yes. where it was our bread and butter,
1: mm.
0: and then you start digging into it and you realise that there are possibly some conspiracy views that say, well, we don't actually want citizens that are too creative or mm. who, who actually want to, to live too rich a life because we actually want, just want to sit at home and consume. Mm. Creative education is quite expensive. You know, we've got sort of, I don't know eight million kids in schools. You buy more mm. a pot of paint. That's eighty million pounds. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you've got to find overnight. So, so it's an expensive game. But then I, I actually had a bit of a come to a bit of a come to Jesus moment a few weeks ago. Actually, listening to James O'Brien. Actually, who's one of my heroes on LBC. Mm. Yeah, do do listen to old James O'Brien. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Him. And and you can listen to him on catch up now. It's just really good. And, and he's got this agenda that basically just about everything that's wrong in the country is, is, is fed into, into our ears through the media. So particularly the mm. sort of the right-wing red-top media. And they're feeding this message into people's ears. And I used to think that was to reinforce some sort of political agenda. Yeah. But I don't believe it is. I think it's just feeding hate into people's ears makes them buy papers. It's
1: purely greed and money-driven. Yeah, I suspect that's actually true. <coughs> I don't want to get too far off topic. But I think I think feeding the animal brain sales papers a lot better. If if it, some if you publish a newspaper tomorrow morning where the front page news was, everything is fine. No one would buy it. So you have to kind of have bad news in there. And I think, but this point about creativity is really interesting because what we're seeing is, you know, and what I wrote about Screw her, Let's Play, which is almost 10 years ago now, um, is that we're seeing that anything you can do that's, it, that's even if it's really pretty skilled, like law, medicine, all these things that are easily definable and repeatable and have a set answer—they are increasingly getting outsourced, either to somewhere offshore, somewhere, see, some equally smart, well-educated kid in India, China, Philippines, or whatever—but um, uh, or to a, a software system that can do it just as well. So the only thing you can't outsource is creativity. It's one of the things you can't outsource. It's for—I think it's three C's. Creativity, caring and collaboration or something like that. So th- that ability, which I think is rife in the UK to come up with original things. So the advertising industry is legendary in the UK. It's considered probably the best in the world. Uh, the media industry, you know, um, uh, drama and comedy and stuff is really respected. Uh, music is really respected. So, um, And also the special effects industry, which I used to work in, has a big base in the UK, and they still shoot big films like Star Wars and stuff in the UK and do the post-production. So this is stuff that drives, apart from banking, creativity and innovation is probably one of the big powerhouses of of the UK or something where we have an awful lot of potential and natural ability. And yet what we're seeing is people like Michael Gove, um, who was education secretary, or whatever it's called, um, trying to remove it almost from the education system. I mean, is that a fair summary? It, it's a fair summary that Michael Gove's
0: tenure as Education Secretary here in Britain was to take everything into a very academic focus. Yeah. I mean, we were at the bottom of the league tables for literacy and numeracy, so they focused
1: on literacy and which numeracy, which is important stuff. I yeah, mean, of I'm not they're, yeah, the bread and butter. It's shocking that people were coming out of school and they couldn't string a sentence together. So Absolutely. I mean that, that yeah I I'm not it's not
0: as if but, I but, think but, but I'm that. not convinced that the Michael Gove reforms would have helped people string a sentence together because mm. oracy which is the kind of literacy and numeracy oracy mm. is not a focal not focused in, in the curriculum as such in mm. a very very major way as much as literacy and numeracy were so basically mm. what, what we've now got are kids who are being taught to pass tests yeah. Which, to yes. your point, robots could actually do if you're allowed to take the smartphone <laughs> into yeah. the exam. So, 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 so the, the, the sort of big point is, what, why would anybody kill creativity? So I, I believe that those newspapers have done it because it was quite an easy target and something to sort of sell newspapers on the back off. But essentially, they've created a, a, a population which doesn't do critical thinking, doesn't second guess the, the fake news and the fake lies. So there's an element mm. to that. But to your point about the creative industries, yeah, the creative industries are worth over 105 billion a year to UK GDP, um, all the creative industries you've described. But you could argue, we don't need to educate every single person in the country mm. to be a video editor or graphic designer mm. or an innovator or creative thinker or collaborative worker right, yeah. to fuel our creative industries. Mm. We have to start, and this takes us back to that other question, what is the point of school? Yeah. Once upon a time, the point of school was to educate people to sit still in factories and offices as you rightly say, robots can do those locally. We can offshore some of the clerical stuff mm-hmm. um, and dumb it down with AI as well. Um, so, so it begs the question, if that's the, if that's what you perceive the point of school to be and 70% of the jobs are going to disappear, and we've also got this jobs that haven't been invented yet kind of cliche thing, mm-hmm. um, why would you invest scarce government funds, austerity pennies, educating people for jobs they don't need? So, so the whole purpose of education needs to be reconsidered. So we then need to say, well, actually, we need to educate people to not have work. Mm-hmm. We need to educate them to be cultural consumers to appreciate the arts so that we can educate people to make art and we can educate people to enjoy their art and not just sit and watch box sets all the time, maybe. That's a tough sell in the austerity era. It is a tough sell in the austerity <laughs> era. But then when you, when you look at knife crime and all this violence and people yeah. la- lacking in empathy and lacking in self-expression abilities and, and all this sort of stuff, and I, we were talking earlier about Plan B's video where he talks about music, giving people reasons to live, giving them self-respect, yeah. keeping them on the straight and narrow and, and keeping them out of prison. Yeah, but we, it feels like we're, we're, we're treading a sort of dangerous tightrope rep either side of this tightrope is conspiratorial neoliberal right wing sort of which I, black holes we don't want to which I'm not to, sure I buy that.
1: No. I, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist and I don't really I don't really buy but it's a, you know it's a means to keep the people compliant it is interesting that uh, people well I say and other people say that uh, China is um, the more I learn about what China's doing I, I'm really impressed not politically but but what they're doing in terms of uh, their forward thinking, their ability to think 30 years out is absolutely remarkable, which I see almost nothing of in our own government, mm. which is distracted by Brexit, but never, never really well, very it's, much. Of it it's, anyway. it's never been able to see more than four no. years
0: ahead, has it, really?
1: No. And uh, I mean, it's partly the benefit of having a dictatorship, of course, that so you can think long term. Singapore has the same benefit as well. But um for a moment I was say, we live in a dictatorship or something then. Don't, <laughs> no, don't, no, no. <laughs> Part of the benefit of them living in a sort of one party state Some the trees made dictatorship. Whatever it is. Yeah, that wouldn't catch on with it. <laughs> It's totally uh, collaborative, isn't it? But, the, but you know, people used to say well well China can do all these amazing things and the education system is is you know churning out really well educated kids and great technology skills. And you know, in the in the old days we used to make phones for American brands or European brands. Now they have their own brands. So they're kind of moving up the value chain or whatever you might call it. But also they're paying attention to the fact that everyone's going, well, Chinese education system the Chinese kids are not coming out being creative enough. And I said, okay, well, we're going to teach creativity then. So they're actually putting creativity into the education system. So they're almost, you know, so we're going to see what happens in the future with, I don't know, advertising and film and stuff like that. when. There's this massive movement towards creative education in China. Well, what what will happen in China is they
0: won't, uh, to my point earlier, they won't give every uh, one of the 60 billion kids in China, whatever Mm. there are, a creative, rich, broad and balanced curriculum. They'll educate most of them to go out in the fields and work a a, a rice plough or whatever. Um, And there will be a small preserve that get this amazing education. I mean, Shanghai, uh, Singapore... China, um, Dubai, they've got incredible education systems right. for the people they need to educate.
1: All oh, right, um, right. So it's only for the kind of, uh, the, the upper kind of echelons. It's society.
0: kind of a sort of elite. And, and that's, that brings mm-hmm. us back to the British situation. You see, so you could argue, I think that there are statistics that sort of at any one time, something like 70 or 80% of the bands in the top 40 or in the Brit Awards were privately educated. Yeah. Which is all we need. We don't need any more because they, we can generate enough pop music and enough filmmakers and enough video <laughs> editors. So, so this this helps me understand because I, I get very cross with with left or right wing people to, with, with to being angry about each other because they don't stop to understand the other side. So grammar yeah. schools, grammar schools winds everybody up in England, mm. where you, where which is essentially elitist secondary school system where you have to pass a test to get in. But that makes sense if mm. you accept that we can only afford to educate so many people and. They're private. And in fact, the parents are paying for that. So that's great. That saves us a load of money. Mm-hmm. We'll have this layer called grammar school for everybody else to have the chance to jump into that. Yeah. And that will give us some social mobility ticks. And everybody else, as long as we can educate them enough to function and, yeah. and do some basic stuff. And you know what? I'd rather my kids went through that, that latter education than mm-hmm. being dragged through some irrelevant academic nonsense, which is what has happened. Mm-hmm. In many cases, this this Michael Govian type thing, which is which doesn't value the 21st century skills and creativity and collaboration. Yeah.
1: But um, yeah. So <laughs> so, um, so but that's an interesting point though. So you're saying it's not really just a few of the creative industries. It's also, I mean, I would say it's a way of thinking though. It's a very useful thing to be able to come up with new solutions to things. And much of my work with people who are first-time entrepreneurs because their run courses for you know, I've helped thousands of people to, to go through that process of becoming an entrepreneur or to think more creatively. And the work is not learning how to use some app or learning how, to, how marketing works or something like that. You can Google all that. What, the work is changing your mindset from, I'm going to wait for the orders to come in and I'm going to wait for permission. And uh, you and I are big fans of Seth Godin on this, who talks about waiting for permission, waiting to be picked. And instead of that going, I'm going to create this thing and that it may fail, and that I'm willing to take that risk, and I'm willing to put myself out into the world. That is the hard work that has to be done when people become an entrepreneur. And I think that is a an in, it's not just about entrepreneurship. But anyone who breaks the rules, I mean, what you're doing, what what I do, anyone who's doing something original and that dares to to form something new, is going to have to do things that are not taught in the education system.
0: Well, and that's part of it.
1: You're, isn't exactly, that? you're you're kind of going into this. This, this
0: box of skills which they call these 21st century skills so the collaboration mm. working together yeah you could argue that just getting up off your ass and doing something is a 21st century skill something yeah. that you we're complete psychos it's what we do you know we mm. just we just can't yeah. sit still we've always got that I go swimming yeah. to try and calm down and get away from the email I come out with 10 more <laughs> things I want to do you know and yeah. And and you made me stop and think actually because I'm I'm working with school communities all across the country in various sort of social demographic levels, estate communities. Now I want to run some events this summer, and I've got this thing called the art of the art of coding, the art of DJing, the art of festivals. I want to do an Mm -hmm. event called the art of community, um, Mm -hmm. where we get children and parents and teachers from these communities and some of them will be very challenged communities to talk yeah. about their arts their passions their dreams and we did a, I did a little project on the back of the elton john john lewis film I don't know if you, did you see that film when i went gallivanting around the country and oh, yeah, gave a little ladder train set in leeds oh yeah, yeah yeah i was nuts so i end up black <laughs> I, I borrowed a car for two weeks drove around the country showing the elton john john lewis ad to kids in i showed it to ten thousand kids in two weeks mm. and we discussed what it represented blah blah blah
1: what was um, he ever about? For it, anyone it, was the John Lewis, it was
0: the John Lewis Christmas ad with Elton John who gets given a piano as a little boy and it traces his career. So and it's has, a true
1: story? You well, yeah, a, I, I, yeah I, I'd,
0: I'd like to think so. Don't burst my bubble, could yeah. goodness <laughs> sake. I, I believed it. <laughs> and um, and basically, I, when I was in Sheffield, I blanked a, a Lego train set from John Lewis in Sheffield because mm. my dad gave me a train set when I was one. And, and the story is that that kind of inspired me to be a maker and a creative. Mm. And an en- I was, I'm a master in... I've got a master's degree in electronic engineering mm. for all it's worth. And... So I, I bought this Lego set from John Lewis in Sheffield and then took it to this little lad in a, in a school on the toughest estate in Leeds. Really mm. challenged community, lovely family, really lovely. And, and I gave it, him this set, and, and he, his mum sent me a video of him opening it on Christmas Day. It was oh, really? Yes. Christ, it was, it's heartbreaking yes. stuff to see. And then they came down to London and spoke at our event in Parliament where we launched this yeah, year-long art. Well, that. you were there yeah, you there, yeah, of course you were. <laughs> so you met, I mean, he had his Lego trendset out yeah. in Parliament. It was a wonderful sight. And he said a few words. And we went to the science museum that night, and or the next day, and I took him down there. And I was chatting to the mum, and I said, "Well, what do you want to do?" She said, "Oh, I dream about being a teaching assistant." Mm. So I don't think she's got necessarily got many qualifications, but she's got a dream and a passion, and the school has mm. supported are doing her doing her qualifications. Turns out the dad who came down on the bus has only got two train tickets. He came down on the bus with his daughter. Mm. They, he, he he finds old toys and skips and does them up. Yeah, and he does a bit of engineering. And he's passionate about his mountain bikes. Now that. I mean, careful what I say, but you know they're, they're very, they, you know they, they struggle financially and and sort of providing for the family, but they, they do the best they can. Mm. And that that dad now plays with that little boy with the train set. Yeah. And and the mother took me aside and said, "I can't thank you enough because you've connected my son with his dad again." No, that's great. Yeah. But then she sent me a photo the other day of the granddad coming round, mm. and I don't want to make too big a fuss of this. Or I have mentioned it on a, another <laughs> podcast recently, but my dad's. Got an electric train set that he he was packing up and trying to get rid of and he sent it to me and i sent it up to those guys and now they're clearing out the shed
1: yeah
0: oh that's great so so james may the other day did a tv program talking about hornby trains the Mm -hmm. train company of our youth and when james
1: may off uh, top gear top gear yeah yeah. so
0: when britain led the world in making model railways and model cars and this business hornby trains are going out of business very very quickly and, and, and they said, well, we're not in the business of making trains for kids. We're in the making business of making model collectibles for, for adults. And my, my view is, well, good luck with that because they're going to die fairly <laughs> soon. You've got a 10-year window of opportunity yeah. there. Um, but here, here's a community. Here, here's a train set. Here's, here's a family. So what I want to do is to get those people at a, a mini TED Talk type event yeah. to celebrate them and to share that. Yeah. Now, the point I was going to make, and i and, so, be careful what I say here, but I, I've said to them, well, get me loads of names to get, you know, to get some names in our... We had a page in the Guardian newspaper the other week with hundreds of names, and get me some names, and and yeah, they're not totally proactive, to say the least, yeah. because they haven't had that experience. Those opportunities, mm. they were dragged through school. A lot of people, and I don't. I really am very sensitive to sounding patronising, and but yeah, these are skills.
1: But, and, but I had that as well. I mean, even though I was from a, a, a better-off family, you know, I I still grew up with kind of learned helplessness. And uh, possibly from you know, a lot of medical stuff I had when I was younger. But, th- but sometimes you just develop that as a child. And the education system also, I think, develops a, a certain amount of learned helplessness. And What do you mean and- by learned helplessness? So learned helplessness is a psychological term. And it-, and it means it's from uh, research. But it means that basically you start to feel that uh, there's no point trying because you can't get what you want. So um, right. if you get a lot of disappointments early on, but if you're in school, if you end up, I mean, imagine if you end up in, I don't know, something like whatever Borstal is called these days. proves, Yeah. proves right. Really you end up in one of those, you could very quickly end up feeling quite helpless. A bit like the
0: fleas in a jam jar, that experiment. Yeah, yeah. yeah right.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you take the lid off and still don't jump out. I don't know if that's actually true, but I mean, it, that's a <laughs> metaphor and right? it works as a metaphor so uh and so i had to learn to uh, realize my own agency and i think that's part of what creativity is about so i think it's it is broader than you say about just creating people who be good in the creative industries it's about creating kids who have a sense of agency now you could argue that that is problematic in a in a Uh, for a government or for a society that wants people to be compliant. I don't know if I really believe that. I do wonder what's going to happen in China when they start teaching kids creativity and they start thinking out the box. Because... You know, that's obviously not a country where you can...
0: Well, yeah,
1: they'll be, they'll be used to thinking outside the box within a box, won't they? Okay, yeah, maybe.
0: But yeah. funny enough, my mum, my mum credits... My mum puts a finger on why I'm like I am, the sort of nutcase I am, and this, this yeah. kind of Tasmanian devil, that, is it Tasmanian <laughs> yeah. devil kind of running around in circles. Yeah. And, and, and basically, we, when I was a kid, we, didn't, we only had a tele We didn't have a television until I was four, because mm-hmm. I virtually hadn't invented them, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And then when we did, we had one channel of black and white... <laughs> And then my brother came along, and then we had a TV. F- so he only ever new TV. So we'd be yeah. sitting side by side. I'd be making stuff with Lego, uh, yeah. and he'd be zoned out watching the one hour of children's television a day or whatever you know, <laughs> it was. So you know, it it, it 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 there's a lot to be said for that. And mm-hmm. you read these stories about Steve Jobs' kids or whatever, or Larry, all the, all these sort of tech giants at Google and Apple and Microsoft, all these sort of Uber tech. Giants, yeah. you've got all the gadgets and all the apps and all the kit. They don't let their kids anywhere near it.
1: And uh, well, so, that's all I've heard. Yeah, is that actually That's the irony,
0: isn't it? Yeah, and 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 yeah, it's it's very very difficult. And um, I mean, my kids just they they sort of hoover it up. And, and I'm this I'm this crap dad because I'm working from home a lot, and I'm totally zoned out just getting stuff done. And the kids yeah. are at home and they're, and they're on they're playing Minecraft. They play Minecraft all day. I wouldn't have noticed sometimes. <laughs> it's shocking, really. But yeah.
1: So um, you're a big fan of. Seth Godin's concept of art. You're wearing a T-shirt that says, I love art. That yeah, was designed by, a, designed by a mother in um,
0: in Soho school, actually. We did a little, little pop-up in an advertising agency in Soho, oh, and all okay. they all came up after school.
1: Yeah, I'm quite chuffed with yeah. that. She's got the hearts a bit big, but no, whatever. I'm pleased with that. Yeah. So why don't you explain what this actually means, though? Because this is related to what we're talking about, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that, there are two angles to that, really. that I'm very good at reverse engineering and post-rationalising stuff, <laughs> where am I today, and how did I get here, and that's, that was always the plan. Um, there's this thing in education called STEM, science, technology, engineering, and maths, and it's hard to believe that 10 years ago, whatever, they mm. were under pressure. Yeah, They were under pressure because good old Michael Gove put this obsession with literacy and numeracy, that even science mm. was at risk, technology was mm-hmm. at risk, right. engineering, you can't make it up, okay, yeah. maths was there. So they came up with this acronym STEM and got loads of attention, loads of money to refocus on these yeah. subjects, which is fine. It makes good sense. Then the arts realised, and the creative subjects realised they were being pushed out. So they said, well, we're going to have this thing called STEAM. It was invented by a chap called John Mader at mm-hmm. Massachusetts Institute. Uh, no, Rhode Island School, at, uh, Rhode oh, Island is he's School he's of He's a Design. famous designer, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's done some good TED Talks. So, so he, I, th- I think he coined the STEAM phrase, but there's a lady in West Virginia who also coined it, whatever. And science, technology, engineering, art and maths. So you could argue that it, it addresses the left brain STEM stuff yeah. and the right brain art stuff and brings them together. So to some people, it's acting a science lesson. <laughs> to other people, it's creative use of technology, whatever. Do you know, I don't give a damn for acronyms. For me, it's about creativity. And and going back to that book that I kind of half read when I started Scheme Code, is What's the Point of School? Professor Guy Claxton, who wrote that book, says that... Mm. As parents, as teachers, as society, our responsibility to our young people is to help them understand what they want to be great at and to then help them follow that dream.
1: Mm.
0: Right, that ticks a big box. Okay, so that's brilliant. So Seth Godin came up with this thing on one of, back in one of his books. He's got this lovely book called The Icarus Deception, which is... Do you know the story of Icarus?
1: Yeah. So what's the story of Icarus? Well, everyone thinks it's the uh, don't fly too high, don't don't fly too high or too close for sun otherwise your wings will melt and you'll end up crashing to the ground but the other the other angle of that is they also told him don't, don't fly too low because otherwise you're crashing to the ocean and just as you
0: said that a big bird just died off <laughs> the river into the canal so that was perfectly <laughs> on cue so basically it's all about here are the rules don't don't stray across the line yeah. basically we need to be teaching our kids to break rules as long as yeah. it's safe and because yeah. you know nobody ever disrupted or changed anything by following the rules so so Seth got, has got to say about art and artists. Artists got nothing to do with paint. So art is what we call it, when what we do might connect us to somebody
1: else.
0: Yeah. So I, I really love that because for me, we've got, if we're gonna fight a battle for art and creativity in schools and society and work, we've, here's a great way of doing it that debunks this elitism of art, the, mm. the fine art, the Royal Academy stuff, which is fine, that belongs there, but not exclusively. Let's let's try and popularise the word art. I and I don't believe this is yeah. what Seth Godin's objective was, but it's mine. I want, I want this word art to be acceptable. I want people to think, yeah, my art is. So whether your art's fashion, football, or computing, or colouring, or mm. painting, photography, whatever, yeah. it's, it's whatever you're passionate about, fashion or football. Yeah. I go into schools and say, who likes art? All well, the girls' hands go up and a few boys, okay? And then the boys' hands go down and they realise they make something, put their hands up. Who likes football? All the hands go up. Would you agree that you know R- Ronaldo is 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 a really Ronaldo's a footballer, isn't he? Yeah. 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 I, I used to say Marino, is the manager. So I say yeah. I, for five, a year I was saying that don't <laughs> yeah. think the manager's a good footballer. Yeah. Does, does his talent connect with you? Do you think you had to work hard at that talent mm. at that art? And so so really, yeah. So so we've we've got this hashtags f- f- festival thing we're running called Art Connects.
1: Yeah. So art is anything that connects us, and the and also. It's like a, a personal expression, where it somehow connects with other people. And also the idea that Seth talks about, what I mentioned earlier, which is that art is anything where it might not work. So when you when you create a work of art, you don't know if it's going to connect with someone. When you create an event, when you write a book, when you make a piece of music, you don't know whether people are going to like it, whether they're going to connect with it, or whether they're just going to go, Phew, I don't care. And so there's always an element of risk in it, and that's something. That you have to learn. I think the education system is teach that because that's fear of failure, fail often. Getting kind of classic over, innovation yeah. passwords, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and being able to to do that, but also, yeah. I mean, it, it's um, but the the act of creating a work of art is therefore a vulnerable act. That's a tough thing to teach those boys who won't put their hands up when you ask them if they like art. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> they just- won't even admit that they, you know. It, 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 like there was artists.
0: a lovely. I had a little. I went off on a little tangent this morning on the back of my minimum prep for this podcast session because <laughs> you, did a, you did a lovely one with, oh, what's it? Is it Jamie Cato? Oh, yeah, yeah. He did a lo- and I, I, I saw one of his one, one giant lib films, and there's a guy in there mm. talking about art. And he said, The unique usefulness of art is its unusefulness, but, but it gives you a freedom, which is the most powerful and most valuable thing in the world. We all think that time is the most valuable thing, but freedom. Is an incredible value and, and mm. attribute, isn't it? And and, and th- there's something about that as well, you know. It's, it's that zone. Yeah,
1: Brian and you know, I said art is anything you don't need to do. So okay. he, So he said, and um, uh, he's a big hero of mine. So he said, like for instance, you look at look at hair. You need to get your hair cut if you want to be able to see. You know, most of us anyway. Uh, if you want to be able to see, at some point it's going to get so long it's going to be un. Um, impractical but you don't need a hairstyle so hair the, the hairstyle part is art that's design that's art that's culture so anything where um you know you might need to communicate to somebody to ask them for some food in order that you can eat but you don't need to prepare a dish that looks absolutely beautiful so that's art or you don't need to learn how to write poetry to communicate with somebody so
0: that's okay that it's almost like the, the sort of the 80-20 rule it's the 80% bit you don't <laughs> need to put that much energy in although well I, I the, don't
1: know what we're talking about is culture the whole of culture is essentially unnecessary uh, you know in terms of survival and and culture and all that all the meaning that culture is is stuff we just made up and is it, it is
0: interesting and you, you can almost imagine the the dystopian spiral that you'd sort of go down mm. if any all those frills and that art and that culture just was was squirt was banished and we ended up in this Orwellian society with, yeah. well, the your Orwellian society we're most likely to end up with is one just, is, the, is a black mirror type society really, isn't it? Mm. Just
1: sort of full of content and screaming ads and. <laughs> Are we there already? <laughs> Not far off. <enough laughs> so, um, you said something, uh, one of the things you wanted to talk about was kind of enge- engagement packs or engagement. Well, well the thing, the, the thing about, um,
0: the art connects thing I think is connections, mm. you know, because a lot of what you do is is inspiring, supporting, encouraging, providing the resources for people to fulfil their ideas, to fulfil their dreams, mm. their projects, um, the, the 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 coaching and the, the writing and the support that you do, and 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 what we've what we're building with Steam Code is is this engagement framework that enables people to actually exercise. That creativity, that art, yeah. whatever whatever they are or are not interested in. I mean, where we're sitting here now in in a in in a part of London which is the creative quarter of London, East London. Mm. These apartments, these houses are occupied, but in many cases, by young creative hipster types, mm. self included or excluded, depending on whether that's the right thing to call you or not, John. I don't know um, how to qualify
1: as young. But well, yeah. yeah, I'll take it.
0: But but <laughs> it, people people who bursting with creativity, bursting with energy, bursting with enthusiasm, which their occupations on a nine to five basis may not allow them to exercise social media, Instagram, let's everybody be a sort of faux creative and to communicate and express themselves. So, so what we want to do is is, what we are doing is creating this framework engagement platform where people can get involved and help run these creativity festivals in schools where we provide all the resources and all the framework and people just come in and help. Um, by performing fairly simple roles, I mean, I work with kids who can't use scissors. The really? challenge is to not cut it for them, but to show them how to use a pair of wow. scissors or how okay. to fold something. Or yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a bit of paper over there. We could sit here and make a rocket while we're talking, have a, two bits of paper and some sticky tape and a bit of plastic pipe. But yeah. they're, they're fine motor skills, which I take for granted. Yeah. I don't know if it's years of Rizzo rolling that sort of set me up for that. Or <laughs> and, and the other extreme is if we can tap into the creativity in our communities. And the people don't have to be massively creative to do this. I mean, some of the, 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 the happiest moments, and grandparents come back in and they sit there because grandparents are just patient. Yeah. A bit like Cigar Mitra's super-grannies on the internet where he just gets grannies to send oh.
1: Skype video calls. Yeah, is that, kids, that's a TED it? Talk, isn't it? And, yeah. And I, and I went to see him talk after you told it? me about it. He's, uh, he, was, he was in India at the time and he found the, he, he had the idea if you just put a computer... In front of these kids, like you know, from a small village in India who got no money and don't even speak any English, and you just uh, you just let them play with it and you don't tell them how to do it, they'll learn really quickly. And so, he put one in like a cash machine on the outside of the university or wherever it was he was working. And these local kids came up and said, Well, what is that? And he goes, I don't know, I think it's some kind of computer. Go, Can we use it? He goes, yeah, I'm okay. And so, he just left them. And then they, they played around with it, and they learned how to use this Windows computer. And uh, and then at some point, he came back, and, he's, and they said, like, he said, what are you doing now? And they said, oh, we're playing the game. He goes, well, how did you download the game? He goes, uh, uh, and they say, well, we just Googled it. I go, well, but wasn't it in English? Yeah, and they taught themselves enough English to, go- to work out how to download a game and play it. And then the thing you're talking about is, he discovered the best thing to facilitate that process is to get a grandmother who just sits there and watches them and goes, oh, aren't you clever? Oh, what are you doing <laughs> now? Cool it's amazing. <laughs> they don't need to understand anything. They just do that. And it's, for me, it's, it reminds me of Carl Rogers and his, uh, his qualities for a therapeutic relationship. It's just bang on. And so, uh, that's another TED talk worth looking up. Right. Mitra.
0: It's funny because I was, I was with my godparents the the day, 80 year olds and, uh, I gave them one of my newspapers and told them what I was doing. So that's great because your dad's never been able to explain it because he hasn't got a clue what you do. <laughs> but my parents are always very supportive and nod, but they've not had a clue what I do. It's hilarious. So what you're doing is, let's get it in one sentence. Well, what we're doing is we're helping kids find their art, connecting kids with their art and connecting communities with their schools by running these creativity days. And and another and another level really is, is is to tap into famous creative people. You know, I'd love to get some faint, like a... Yeah. Nile Rogers teaches kids to play ukulele, but you are yeah. the facilitator. Or Ray Winston teaches improv. So that yeah. you are, you know, White Van Driving dad. Ray, Ray Winston, I've seen him on the trail, He does the, does yeah, the betting yeah. ads. He's going to teach you how to play, do improv. So listen and sit up straight. So, they the
1: they put, so some celebrity provides the content. They provide the content, but the parents And then normal it. parents come in or, or help us. So what you're saying is, I know you enlisted a friend of mine. I almost came up to Newcastle when Sugata Mitra was doing something with you. That's right, yeah. And uh, couldn't make it in the end. But um, my friend Richard came and did something with you and, and did a, le- a, a, um, a Lego. Richard
0: Atherton, he said, yeah. I, I met him at one of your book launches and, he said, and I said, what do you do? He said, oh, I, um, I run Lego workshops for executives in C-Street. So oh, good luck with that. um do you fancy doing a real day's work? And he said, Why? <laughs> I said, well, I need someone to facilitate a Lego workshop in a Steam cadet in a school in West London yeah. um, in a couple of weeks. Oh yeah, that'd be fine. And, and, and it, I don't think he realised how much hard work it is. 30 yeah. kids constantly on you. But I don't think he really... Well, he he says it on the video. I'll send you a link. He was overwhelmed by how enthralling it was to Mm. to work with his kids who don't have those role models in their lives. And he's since had a couple of twins. That He's had twin boys. Yeah, right. Um, But it's a wonderful experience. And Mm. the great thing is, it's a chance for people to play or inspire other people's kids and then yeah. they can take them back at three
1: o'clock so yeah. you don't need to have your own kids just play with somebody yeah. else's you know it's, it's a brilliant thing to do so if people want to do something like this if we want to get involved with anything to do with SteamCo, what should they do well we've got a we've got a, a, a little campaign which is called collaborate for creativity so if they
0: just look for if they look for hashtag collaborate for creativity mm. or steamco.org.uk there's a page there We've got a co-funder at the moment. We're asking people to chip in some money, maybe a quid or even a few hundred quid, or mm. a company could pay for a day.
1: Yeah.
0: We'd rock up with our little Steamco drop track, which has got everything you need in it to run a creativity festival. Oh, okay. So we've got 30 rocket-making kits, 30 ukuleles, 30 yeah. newspaper-making kits, 30 microbit coding kits.
1: Oh, lovely. So
0: we've got, a, we've got a, a... I want to go and do all these I've <laughs> told <laughs> <gonna laughs> you to this, John. So we've got... Um, in fact, maybe that's the call we should have. Who listening to this podcast wants to come with John this summer term, because we're going across the whole country, we're doing okay. a 13-week tour of Britain, who'd like to come and run a steam coding school in East London? Because yeah. there are kids within a mile of here who, who've never done any coding.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and a, a digital agency in Shoreditch um, last summer, they, they sent about a dozen staff up to a school in mm. Tottenham. And I've got a video, the CEO, I taught him in 10 minutes, I've got a 10-minute film that will tell you everything you need to know yeah. about how to teach a kid to code
1: oh great okay
0: and and he's, he said i didn't know how to do this and he runs a digital agency he's, <laughs> he's good at spreadsheets but he's, he's lost track of, yeah. of the tools if you like and, and again you can see him foaming at the mouth mm. because he's contributed something to these kids lives mm-hmm. we work with barclays bank they've trained fifteen thousand people on digital skills mm. okay they're good at excel and they can show someone how to turn their iphone on or re- reset it but they come to me i watch this video they watch this video and I've got bank tellers going into schools running coding workshops on behalf of Barclays yeah, Bank. Yeah. So we need to get more
1: companies, more individuals to do so that. So you want brilliant. people who are going to volunteer to come and run a class of some sort. And it doesn't need to be coded. Coding, coding. No, gosh. No. For some people, that might sound a bit scary, but it could be like. Well, we, what are your other classes it's, it's exactly what we've just described it's mm. like cigar to meet his grandma's oh well, that's
0: lovely yeah or the, the <laughs> dominic dominic wilcox lives up the road here young designer inventor we, he's done mm. a load of work with us and there's and now runs a thing called little inventors we used to create video mm. packs all the materials so you could sit there with a child and say right the, the brief is to create a crazy invention mm-hmm. to make an old person's life better yeah. So let's, let's help them design a, a walking stick finder or a mobility mm. car with an iPhone built or whatever, you know. Uh, but just to sit with the children, develop those ideas or to even just make some squash or just mm. make sure nobody's
1: running in the corridors. You know, lots of things right. that people can do. So, But to be part be of helping. this, is, yeah. it's, a, it's a great experience. And also you want people to fund these things. So if any, anyone who's <clears throat> in a big corporation and, and has some control over that budget or perhaps... Um, you know can twist the arm of somebody who controls the budget well
0: there are two levels to that yeah i mean we're we're asking people just put a quid in just to be part of it so little little as a a patron
1: so personal donations people can yeah or or a a few hundred
0: quid to sponsor a a day yeah but we're actually looking for also i didn't come here to pitch this but now you've asked (laughs) we're we're, (laughs) we're actually looking for six corporate six companies Hmm. to be our founding sponsors for the next two years 500 quid a week yeah 500 pounds a week over the next two years and a three months break clause if, if you decide you don't want to do it or brexit yeah. sort of clears you out then we can cancel it mm-hmm. but but we don't just want the money we want people to also commit to to get their, their employees involved because that's I believe, a
1: lovely idea isn't it I think because so. if you particularly if you're in a job where you know that your job is essentially kind of meaningless like a lot of people in finance know there is a deficit <laughs> i've
0: never used that phrase but they're meaningless <laughs> <Yes>. well, <laughs> thousand viewers drop off
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no i know because yeah. i've got i know because i work with people who change careers right yeah, and they yeah. they love the money and I, I totally understand why but they they are hungering for some more meaning and so and and also yeah. the you know retail banking example of being a bank teller if you find that i mean you might get satisfaction from helping you know the customers but if you feel like you want to do something more then what a lovely thing if your employer is funding this thing, and then as a program where you can easily get involved, and maybe they can run their own intro day to get people up to speed, and you can come in, give talks, and that kind well, of absolutely.
0: stuff. Well, absolutely. I've always said that. Steve, I mean, Seth Gaden wrote a book called Your Turn, and I, I wrote a blog on that because one New Year's Eve because my car broke down, so I couldn't go anywhere. And Seth, Seth sent me two boxes as a thank you. It's great. Really. Yeah. And, and and I wrote a blog on the back of that saying, "You don't, you know, you might be yeah. sick of being a lawyer I'm not going to say meaning that. I know, I know what you mean. Not as meaningful as it could be, possibly, because mm. yeah, these roles all have some meaning, but, but it. I so see you don't have to jack it all in and go no, to be a scuba no. diver or teach yoga in the Maldives because there's a queue for that. That's what I realise. What we're saying is yeah. do this the day a month. And, and there, are, there are people in that agency in Shoreditch down the road who, who are prepared to take a day's holiday yeah. to come and work with us. Mm. So, so really, just to finish that pitch, this works mm. for, for companies, large and small, at three levels. It works from at a brand level. Particularly if their brand has anything to do with creativity or technology or young people or schools or communities, so the co-op, Barclays Bank, who are into tech, Google, whatever, it works at that level. It also works purely at a CSR level. Yeah. So if your business is what you might say meaning uh, that lacks as much means it might, so you could work in purely in a law or financial business. Do this because you can demonstrate to your staff and to your customers you do good shit for the community. Yeah. So that's CSR tick. Yeah, yeah. And the third level, which I think is priceless, mm. see it, it's employee engagement. Yeah. My God, we didn't go paintballing. You never guessed what we did. Yeah. We made 300 kids have the day of their life. Yeah. And that teacher told me we changed a life today.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean and you is, will do. I mean, you've gone and done these things where people build rockets. Is that right? You got yeah, kind of a rocket. You, you. I've seen you with this like uh, trailer thing. I don't know where you well, got from. Well, that's our pop up trailer. But so <laughs> I, I did
0: a podcast with Richard Atherton on a, on a houseboat phone enough, and I actually let one of these dynamite rockets off. You, I'll, I'll give you the elevator pitch, and it's really quick. My dad's eighty three. Volunteers in an Oxfam bookshop, and found a book called Rocket Boys in the bottom of a box. Oh, yeah, fifteen years old. And it's about four boys growing up in West Virginia in the 50s, coal mining town, didn't want to be coal miners. They saw the Sputnik with the encouragement of a mum and a dad and a teacher, learned to make rockets and ended up working for NASA. Oh,
1: wow.
0: It's a Universal Studios movie. Now, the book's Rocket Boys. The film is called October Sky, right. which is an anagram of Rocket Boys, which is all about, whoa-ho. Really? Yeah. And basically, he, the author, Homer Hickam, has very generously given me the rights to take them to British schools. So oh, it was our foot in the door. So what we do is we go into a school... We do a half day session. Where I do that as an all school assembly for 45 minutes, but usually about an hour and a half because I just keep adding more shit into it, keep going on and on. And these kids, they love it. We then make paper rockets with 30 kids and then we fire a dynamite rocket off in the playground when the parents are there at home time. And the parents say, Oh my God, that's amazing. We need you back. So, right, we'll have a whip round. I'll come back with the trailer
1: yeah. and
0: a bunch of people from a digital shortage agency or the co op or, or whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: And we'll have a whole day. Let's get the community in. Yeah. Because do you know what? The single most impactful intervention in a child's education is parental engagement or community engagement. It's the number one driver that will have the highest impact on academic outcomes, Mm -hmm. getting the parents involved. But most parents had such a crap experience in school. They never want to step foot in a school again. Many parents won't even go on a parents evening.
1: Wow. Really?
0: But I've got schools in Leeds who feed their parents on parents evening because the challenge, they're, they're so challenged financially the parents will go in for a hot meal. Yeah. That's the, those are some of the summer schools we're working with, as well as private schools.
1: So it's across the spectrum. There's a lot to, There's a lot that people can do, and it's, it's yeah. really fulfilling. It really is. Fantastic. And they want to find everything. Is your website the best place or social media? It's probably a good place to start, but the way I talk is where I write websites, so it's full of stuff. So it's
0: steamco.org.uk or, or search for Collaborate for Creativity hashtag or even ArtConnects19. That's this festival we're running yeah. across the whole year. And you're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, Steamco, ST3AMCO, because somebody already had Steamco, so we're down with the kids using a a three for (laughs) an E. And we're going to be doing a whole load of events. We're going to do an event on, I think, May the the 15th is going to be our first Art of. That's going to be the Art of Festivals, which we're going to do near here, actually, in in East London, which will be with one of the creative directors of Glastonbury and a bunch of other people. So we're going to talk about festivals and creativity but just to get people in the zone really yeah so yeah tons of stuff we'll have to get you involved in so we're going to get you into a steam code day that's it yeah okay we've got that on camera and,
1: and yeah. audio be careful once you talk to nick he will, <laughs> he will rope you into something but yeah i am have to do that yeah well, great brilliant. well thanks nick that's been brilliant thank you john i appreciate it. it's really good
0: fun it's great to see you again cheers
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ideas Lab podcast. Please do subscribe. And if you've enjoyed this episode, it would be great if you could leave us a review. You can get links and details of everything mentioned in the podcast in the show notes, along with photos and video clips from many of our episodes. Just go to theideaslab.org forward slash podcast.